Tennis isn't usually a sport you'd associate with concussion, but for Casey Delacqua, a head injury hits close to home. The former dual Olympian, world number 26 singles and world number three doubles player suffered a concussion late in a match in Beijing in October 2015 that put her out of action for almost a year. She shares her experiences with us a little later in this episode of A Grey Matter. Concussion is surprisingly common, affecting an estimated 42 million people worldwide each year. It's the mildest form of traumatic brain injury. But what exactly is it? How is it diagnosed? And what does it do to the brain? QBI's Dr. Fatima Nasralla explains. So concussion is a minor head injury that is very common in contact sports. When the head gets knocked by a player or to the ground or by a fall, the brain inside the skull hits the different sides of the wall of the skull and basically causes bruises. And depending on the severity of that impact, whether it's a very low or a high severity, the bruise is either lower or higher. And that's what determines how severe a concussion is. Now, it's very hard to diagnose because the injury is very mild and so it doesn't really cause a damage of the brain tissue that can be seen on an MRI scanner, for example. So most of the time, players who go to hospital after a concussion get a CT scan. The CT scan, if the concussion is very, very severe, reveals a contusion or an injury in the brain, but most of the time we see nothing on the the CT scan. And so it's very important that we develop better methods and more advanced methods that would enable us to detect changes in the brain that are related to a concussion. Most of the time, the changes are not really reflected as a structural or a, or a tissue damage. They're reflected as a functional damage, and that's what makes it even harder to detect. If you've had a concussion, the, the, the symptoms are, uh, are variable. Some people get dizzy, some people get headaches, some people can't focus really well, they can't multitask. Not necessarily that a very severe concussion can have more severe symptoms. You might have a severe concussion that's caused loss of consciousness, but that would not have long-term or lingering symptoms. And that's why it's really hard to diagnose the severity of a concussion relative to the symptoms that you see. Those symptoms that linger on for weeks and weeks, like post-concussion syndrome, is something that we define as uh, persistent symptoms that are related to the concussion or the impact. Now, the reasons for why some people have post-concussion syndrome that that has symptoms that persist for weeks and months after the injury compared to others which don't is really not known. We don't know why people suffer post-concussion syndrome um, relative to others who play and get a similar severity of impact but don't have similar symptoms. I think most of the um, evidence that has come from the long-term consequences of concussion, I think this is what we're really interested in, is that how does concussion cause long-term consequences that may lead to dementia? And we really can't make that correlative link at the moment because we don't have those long-term studies that can look at people who've had a concussion now and then followed them up for 40 to 50 years. But studies from the NFL in the States have shown that Um, NFL players who've had a history of repetitive concussions do tend to 
experience early symptoms of onset of dementia at the age of 45. They commit suicide, they have psychosis, they have hallucinations and all the signs and symptoms and the damage of the brain that are seen in Alzheimer's disease patients. So it seems that repetitive concussion just fast forwards the onset of dementia that is expected to be seen in Alzheimer's disease. I think we're at a stage where most studies that are being reported at the moment have shown that concussion is bad and damaging for your brain. I think contact sports is an amazing thing and part of our culture, and it's something that we don't want to stop. But, you know, having an impact in contact sport is unavoidable. And what we want to do is not stop people from playing, but actually play in a safer way. The only way to do that is to be able to understand what is happening after the concussion and how we can avoid the severe impact that would lead to long-term consequences. So at the Queensland Brain Institute, my research is looking at trying to develop methods that can monitor the brain after a concussion and devise a window whereby a person has to rest so that they can fasten their recovery. So what we're looking at is a window of recovery whereby we can get you to go back and play sports but not have to worry about the consequences of getting a repetitive injury that can be uh, very devastating in the future. The work involves looking at changes in the brain with magnetic resonance imaging but at the same time looking at saliva markers that can reflect exactly what's happening at the level of the brain. So we have a marker that is very robust and reliable that can tell us when the brain has recovered after an injury. So the aim is to have a saliva test that can monitor the progression of the process in the, in the brain over time after a concussion. So in the future, all we need to do is just take a saliva test or a saliva swab and be able to say this person has recovered and is fit to go back to play. So Casey, in 2015 at the China Open, you had a freak on-court fall that made headlines around the world. Can you tell us what happened during the match? Yeah, it was um, it was a really unfortunate incident where I was really, it was pretty much to have been um, finishing up the match. It was um, close to being match point to us and I was so desperate to win that I ran back and um, in the midst of trying to hit the ball, my racket swinging, um, I tripped over my feet, fell back and um, unfortunately couldn't get my hands down and before I knew it, my head um, flung back and uh, smashed the concrete or well, a hard court is essentially um, just concrete. So um, yeah, my head swung back and um, hit the floor and then um, post that, uh, yeah, I don't really remember from, from the next 20 minutes of what happened. It's still very vague to me, but it was a very unfortunate um, yeah, and I guess unexpected incident as in terms of even in tennis dealing um, with, for everyone dealing with concussion. It was uh, one of those incidents that was just really unfortunate. Do you remember much about the fall itself? Not really until I watched it back on video. So um, I wasn't prepared to watch it back initially, but I wanted to know exactly what happened because I don't remember anything. I don't remember. How, I didn't remember how it happened. I didn't remember falling. Um, oh, obviously I remember falling, sorry, but I don't remember post, um, you know, hitting my head. I played three more points after that and I don't remember those points at all. And then it was like as soon as I walked off the court, I was almost in a bit of shock and started vomiting and throwing up. And then um, 
like I got to the hospital but have no recollection of getting to the hospital. Mm. You know, my clothes were obviously cut off um, for just precautionary for my neck and stuff and I don't even remember any of that happening. And even like now when I sit down and I try and rehash what happened, it's very, very vague to me. Um, but yeah, it was just until I watched it back on video, I had a very clear understanding of what actually happened and how I fell and how I hit my head. And um, and since then, obviously, people have talked to me about it. And one of the WTA ladies who's a supervisor said to me, oh, I'll never forget the day, the sound of your head hitting the, the floor that night. It was terrible. And yeah, but so much for me, I don't remember, which is probably a good thing. But um, yeah, I don't remember much of what happened that night. So what was your first clear memory after the fall? Um, pretty much just waking up in the hospital and um, being very, very like drowsy with a headache and um, just very yeah vague in terms of where I was, what was happening, was I okay? Um, so yeah, probably it was probably a good maybe even 25 minutes by the time maybe I got to hospital that I kind of started to wake up and I just slept for a long time after as well and then yeah like yeah it was probably about yeah 25 minutes maybe after where I was out of the ambulance and obviously at the hospital that I started to um, remember things and but then obviously when I did a lot of the um, concussion protocol testing that they take I couldn't obviously looking back now on all my results I had didn't know what the day was I didn't know what the date was it was a lot of things that obviously I didn't remember about that period but I, I remember being in the hospital and talking to the doctors and stuff so that was probably my first clear memory of stuff coming back. At that point how much did you know about what concussion is? To be honest I absolutely knew nothing and my first thought was oh I'll be able to play the tour- this tournament I was supposed to play in Hong Kong the following week there was only two tournaments left of the year there was Hong Kong and then there was the WTA Championships which is the end of year finals which um, I had worked so hard with my doubles partner to make so my first thought was oh I'll be right I'll just you know I'll be out of hospital today I'll have a bit of a rest and I'll be in Hong Kong next week but little did I know what concussion can actually do um, to you physically and mentally and so I flew home to Australia and um, had I had a very good support team um, to guide me through those early stages of concussion and then um, yeah I guess I was very impatient, wanting to feel better instantly, and it just wasn't happening. So I obviously started to learn more about concussion. I started to learn more about the effects, how it made me feel. I was obviously very symptomatic, so I would talk to my doctor about how I was feeling and doing a lot of the um, the testing like every three days because I was so desperate to get back for the championships. You were, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome and I know that the recovery was quite protracted. What was that process like for you? Yeah, it was um, It was really difficult to be honest with you because I, you know, as an athlete, you, you just want to be out there playing and stuff and for me, I've had uh, shoulder surgery, I've had foot surgery, but there was always a time frame on that. It was like you could do your rehab and you could get out there and you'd be right, but with the concussion, it was really debilitating in a sense because I struggled to, um, yeah, I guess go with it in a sense of just being patient with it. Um, and it was hard to know when there was an end date where I'd start to feel better. So 
post um, the concussion, I had like a constant headache. I had suffered a bit of whiplash from my head flinging back. So physically, my neck was obviously causing me pain. I then started to not be able to sleep. So I was obviously trialling some different, you know, melatonin to try and get me to help sleep. So that would help my recovery because I felt it was a vicious cycle. I wasn't sleeping and then I was becoming anxious because I wasn't resting and that was going to help me get better and it just became a vicious cycle and it took Mm. actually quite a while for a lot of my memory to come back, uh, especially my short-term memory Um, and then I was very lucky to be guided by Dr. Carolyn Broderick who um, would just, I would talk to regularly and then um, even post that I was seeing psychologists weekly um, to get me back to a point where I felt comfortable enough to even go back and you know get on the court because pretty much after my concussion I never I didn't want to I did there was many many times where I didn't think that I would play again so it was a it was a really difficult period but um, one that I am grateful for now but at the time it was very very hard and when I'm looking back it was probably the hardest time in my career for sure. That fall happened in Beijing in 2015. How long was it before you were back on the court again? So I did try and go back um, and play in early 2016, but um, I almost came back too early and that was in... I tried to play throughout March and April of 2016. Um, But like I said, I just felt like it was probably just too early and I was still suffering from... um, more of the mental side of what had happened to me more than the physical stuff because my physical symptoms had kind of subsided by then but that was when I decided um, to take protected ranking so I did that um, and then I decided to take six months completely away from the game so most of the 2016 was I, I, was, I didn't play at all and then at the end of 2016 having worked with my psychologist getting to a point where I thought okay yep I'm definitely ready to, to have another goal at this. Um, I came back and played um, a full season in 2017. Having said that, I only played. I decided to come back and only play doubles. I didn't. Um, I didn't ever want to pursue any more time and put more time into singles because I was already getting in the latter stage of my career. But at the time, the concussion kind of, I guess, um, I guess. It, accelerated that decision in the sense of my singles but I played a full season 2017 and um and now retired but on my own terms obviously and I'm glad I I got back and I got to play a full calendar year again and um yeah just to come back and I guess yeah finish a little bit more on my terms as opposed to letting that concussion um I guess determine when my career finished. I can't imagine that it would have been an easy decision to make. No, yeah, no, absolutely. It was it was difficult, but um, I felt like, yeah, I had learnt so much from having the concussion as well, and like I said, I'm very grateful for it now. It gave me an opportunity to spend time at home and do other things as well, and um, yeah, it was, you know, I had some, obviously, some really dark days during the concussion, but um, it was nice to say that I worked through it, um, and yeah, I came back, and like I said, I played a full calendar year in 2017, got back to 2000, got back top 10 in the world in doubles which is where I was before the concussion and um, yeah that just you know made me feel really proud and I'm really glad I did it. Concussion certainly did not play any part in terms of my um, decision to retire um, which was great it was the way that I wanted it to be um, 
the concussion was just a part of my journey and my tennis career, but um, my decision to retire was because um, I wanted to spend more time with family and I wanted to be at home more. So, um, yeah, no, I'm really glad to, to be retired now and really happy and uh, went out on a real high, a real buzz for me, um, finishing where I was. And, um, yeah, I'm really stoked um, in that sense of, yeah, how my career finished up. What would you like people to be aware of about concussion or to take away from your experience? Yeah, I think um, it's really important and um, I guess had had I not gone through this experience, I guess I wouldn't be able to speak so passionately about um, raising awareness of concussion um, and especially concussion research because there's so much, I think, to know, um, more to know. I think it's such an important and crucial area, um, particularly in sport. I mean, in life, but in sport where um, we need more awareness. For, and I think it's becoming more and more aware. Most codes now, especially contact sports. I mean, I was lucky that I played a sport where it was probably very, very minuscule that would ever happen again. But in a contact sport where you're having multiple concussions, I can only imagine how daunting that would be because from what I experienced from my concussion, I don't know if I could go back and play a, a, another contact sport having been, having that in the back of your mind thinking that you could go through that again. Um, but yeah, I just think it's really important for, um, well I guess I'm only talking about in the sporting arena that but you just are really aware of the consequences of concussions and to not take it lightly and um, doesn't mean you can't get out there and play sport and play it the way that it should be played. It's just that you need to be aware of the risks of concussion and um, yeah, I think that's just really important. That was former tennis player and QBI concussion ambassador Casey Delacqua sharing her personal experience of concussion. We're currently looking for competitive contact sports players for a concussion study in Brisbane. If you're interested in participating or know someone who is, you can find out more at qbi.uq.edu.au forward slash concussion. That's all for this episode. I'm Donna Liu and our podcast is produced by Jessica McGaw. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love if you gave us a review on iTunes or let us know on Twitter or Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.